Hello there and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized podcast that's aimed to be listened to while you're in the shower, but can really be listened to anywhere at all. And we mean anywhere. You can listen to it when you're climbing a big old wall, or you can listen to it when you're flying home from Berlin like we did today. We just got home from Berlin. It was a wonderful trip. You should go check out the city. It's really, really, really cool. What's the point of this podcast, Marcus? The point of this podcast is that we take the world's unanswerable questions, or well, they are answerable, but you've never bothered looking up the answer, and we do our best to break them down. So far, we've answered questions like, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Why do we fall in love? Uh, why do we get itches? Is there a correct way to wipe your bum? And loads and loads more. If you haven't listened to all the previous episodes, then please go back and check them out. You can get them on Spotify, on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So go back, have a listen, and let us know what you think. Um, I, We just got the stats. We have a couple of hundred listeners in Japan. Pretty whopper. Big up the Japan Dem. So if you're in Japan, make sure to give us a shout, because we would we would love to chat to you. Um, about futuristic sharing technology. And whether you're in Japan or Ireland or all our listeners in Canada, we had loads in Sweden, over in the UK, wherever you may be, we are on the hunt for a sponsor at the moment. So if you would like to have your product, business, company, whatever it may be, advertised on our podcast, then you can get us on Facebook, Twitter. What are those details, Marcus? Uh, Just look up In The Share With Taz and Marcus on Facebook or at In The Share Pod on Twitter. Without any further ado, this week's episode was sent in by our lovely, lovely friend Lucy. Uh, she asked us a bit of a bit of an ethereal question, bit of bit of a an unanswerable questions, but you know, in typical in the shower fashion, we uh, we've done our best. The question that she asked is, "What can I do to bring the most happiness and ease to people's lives?" <laughs> I have to say I'm so excited for this episode. Uh, Lucy Garrity sent this question in kind of around the episode three or four mark and it piqued Mark's and my interest straight away. But we wanted to wait until we were kind of, you know, seasoned professionals at the (laughs) mythical question answering game. That's it, because this is a massive question. How do you bring happiness to people's lives and give them a little bit more ease on their day to day? That is, that's a big one. And, you know, thank you, Lucy, for sending it in. Um, We're going to do our best to take a stab at it. This is kind of like a massive, massive question. So I feel like in 15 minutes, we're only really going to kind of hit the tip of the iceberg, but we'll try to cover it to the best of our ability. And um, when I say the best of our ability, Marcus did all the research on this one. So I'm excited to find out his findings. Right. So first of all, happiness is, um, I, I suppose you could look at it as a bit of a luxury and it can only, true happiness can only be achieved um, through a whole series of, uh, I suppose, needs being fulfilled. That um, We're, we're going to take a look at, have you ever heard of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs? Yeah, I think, was that in kind of uh, Leaving Cert Business, maybe? Yeah, it might have been in like Social Studies or CSP or anything as well. Cool, cool. Um, Leaving Cert, for anyone who's, who is listening abroad, is like A-levels or final year exams. Um, Super important, you know. Really matters. Defines your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. Um so Maslow's hierarchy of needs is basically it's a pyramid that outlines the needs humanity has to feel fulfilled. Um, so at the very bottom you have your basic needs, and I'm not talking basic as in a One Direction album and a pumpkin spice latte kind of basic. Um, I am talking your physiological needs like food, water, warmth, and rest. Like if you are in a famine-stricken country, probably not going to be that happy. Same with drought. 
freezing cold or you know if you're wrecked all the time so like that's at the very basis for your health you need those and just above that you need safety so security and safety so think of that as a maybe like something like a house mm -hmm. or at least um that kind of that level of lodging and ting <laughs> can't believe i just said ting on the podcast then above that you have your uh, your psychological needs so belonging and love um so like a close circle of friends intimate relationships um, people who you can build up a trusted network of, uh, of connections with and above that you have your esteem needs so like feeling of uh, feelings of accomplishment and prestige mm -hmm. so say you are doing a job and somebody says hey Jimmy you're doing a great job at the thing that you're doing um, you're going to feel good like Jimmy is going to feel good about himself because of that um, so to kind of to kind of swing that around so they are mm -hmm. The needs to make someone happy, essentially. So to swing them around mm -hmm. on how we can kind of help others reach those. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, there's one more, one okay. more thing. So, like, this is the funny one that I don't feel that many people actually take this final need into account or really hammer it home, which is self-actualization, not like um, bolstering of the self-esteem, but self-actualization, like finding the thing that you love doing and doing it and doing it and doing it and achieving one achieving one's full potential um generally in more creative activities so like if you're a musician mm -hmm. if you um make a living couldn't it doesn't even have to be a big living but if you like you know if you're, you're like getting getting by doing what you love every single day that yeah. is extremely self-actualizing like it's really it's making your life what you want to make it as opposed to you know, working to live. Yeah, and I think I think on that one, you saying there that it's kind of a lot of creatives, and that's very much the case, you know. But I think it's kind of said a lot that to be self-fulfilled, you need to have a passion in something creative and strive towards a creative career. But I have so many friends who are doing jobs, you know, in the healthcare sector, mm -hmm. in the education sector, who feel extremely self-fulfilled. So if that happens to be what fulfills you, then I think that's equally as important. Absolutely. I mean, like, self-actualization doesn't have to necessarily be something creative. You might love teaching six-year-olds, or you might love checking the poo samples of mice every day. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't there, matter. Like, there's definitely someone who actually checks the poo samples of mice. I've met people. What? Yeah, I met, I met a guy who does, uh, who's doing a PhD where he had to look at a mouse-based fecal transplant. What, what size would a mouse poo be? About the size of a grain of rice. So he was putting one mouse's poo into another mouse to see if... Uh, to see if the antibodies did it. It was crazy. Listen, it's his PhD. Danny, if you're what listening you to this. What do you do? I feed mice my shit. No, like fecal transplants. We'd actually put... Anyway, <laughs> listen, we're talking about happiness and ease in life and somehow we've gotten into the topic. Back to poo. Back to <laughs> If this is the first time listening to In the Shower, in the first eight episodes that we did, we covered Ooh. three topics on poo. All right, okay. Well, let's... Let's crack on. Um, so that is how to achieve happiness off your own back. And that is really, really, really important um, because you, it's a lot harder to make other people happy if you're not happy yourself. And in fact, if you're trying to make other people happy when you're not happy, it might even damage your happiness a little bit. But it also might not. It really depends where that kind of where that happiness is coming from. If you're selling yourself or compromising yourself to make other people happy, then that is almost certainly going to lead to disaster. So they're kind of 
by Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that's what's needed to bring happiness to a person. But kind of to bring it back to the question of how we can make people feel at ease and bring them happiness is kind of how we can help people reach Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So kind of going through that, the bottom one you said was what again? Physiological needs. So food, water, warmth and rest. So, you know, if you want to make the people around you feel safe and at ease and happy, then help them out if they're hungry, if they're thirsty, if they've nowhere to sleep, if they're cold. Or make charitable donations um, so that you can really help people. Um, or take char- charitable activity that you can help the people who are in a really compromised position and um, and you know you can at least help them put the basic level of the hierarchy of needs in place absolutely so next then is the safety, se- safety. so security and safety so again it's allowing the people around you the people that you want to bring happiness and ease to to feel like they are safe and secure whether that's letting them know that you're a phone call away whether that's letting letting them know that your door is always open whether that's letting them know that, I don't know. That they're protected and cared about. Um, that's kind of bringing it up to the next level, which is belongingness and love needs. Um, I feel like this is the one that we can kind of help others most with because it comes from us. It's friendship, it's love, it's comfort, it's it's good time, it's people around you. So that's so incredibly important for the people around you to feel happy. Exactly. So, I mean, if you think a friend is having a hard time, really reach out to them. If you think that your girlfriend or boyfriend... Uh, might be having trouble talking about their feelings or anything like that really just make an effort to make them feel comfortable and that will have really far reaching far reaching effects yeah and I kind of think that links up to the next one which is the esteem needs Mm -hmm. if those people around you are feeling loved and are feeling secure and are feeling like there's friends around you hopefully that will make them feel confident in themselves and will uh, kind of peak their esteem needs absolutely and you know what all it takes is just telling somebody that uh, that they look good or they're, they're, they're doing a great job just little compliments out of the blue. I think that's something that Irish people in particular struggle with is giving compliments because it's seen as like, oh, Jesus, notions on your man. Do you know what? I actually, what I found is that I have a really hard time um, giving a compliment without immediately following it up with like a fucking a put down. Yeah. Yeah. So be like, oh, you're doing a great job for the wanker. <laughs> <laughs> that is, no, that is so true. Honestly, that's so true. And I think that I don't know why we find it so hard to give compliments to other people because you know yourself when you get a compliment it's amazing like have you ever got someone randomly on the street tell you you know that they like your clothes or no people hate my clothes (laughs) they just go here mate why are you dressed like a hobo Marcus Marcus you're on stage all the time doing gigs you feed off compliments I'm not buying this for a second (laughs) no honestly getting a compliment is is such a lovely thing so I feel like we should give them more and in turn, spread the happiness and make people feel happy. Absolutely. Us. And on top of that self-actualization, this is one of the things that you can't necessarily help with, but you can really put the put the framework for it in place. Um, if somebody has the first four levels of the hierarchy of needs fulfilled, then surely they will be able to, uh, to be in a better position to self-actualize and really dedicate time and effort to the things that they love, thus bringing them happiness in their lives. Okay, so that's kind of covering Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So that's kind of like the technical side of it. But I'm sure that there's a lot of studies done kind of outside of the, the scientific realm of how we can spread happiness. Any any ideas? So one of the big things I've been looking at is the age-old question, can money buy you happiness? Oh, a good one. I know, yeah. And it's something that, like, I remember as a kid, my parents saying money can't buy you happiness. And you know what? I've looked at studies and I think they might have been right. I don't believe it. Yeah. No, so- do, do you think that money can buy you love? Uh, no, money can definitely not buy you love. But like, is love not happiness then, Marcus? 
Uh, love is definitely a factor of happiness. Okay. But no, money in and of itself cannot buy you happiness, but it can um, give you the freedoms that will make happiness easier to obtain. Okay, enlighten me. So if um, if I was saying money can buy you happiness, I'd be implying that happiness is solely reliant on financial gain, when actually it goes completely the opposite way, that if your self-actualization is based around financial income, um, then you're probably going to be really, really depressed because your happiness is just based on a number which you always want to be higher. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if your happiness is based on doing something that you love and maybe just scraping by with that, you're, you know, chances are you're actually going to be happier than the guy who's based, uh, based his entire personality on, on making loads of thick cash. <laughs> but, the, like, is there, there got to be some kind of study done to see, like, in theory, do people who have more money, like, are people who have more money happier? Um. Okay, so it gets, yes, is the short answer, but only to a point. Um. It hits a certain number, which I think in the latest study that I read is in the States, about seventy or $80,000, that you steadily become happier up to that figure, mm-hmm. and then it plateaus. Oh, wow. Yeah, so like you're making that much money. More doesn't make an enormous difference to your life. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's the, uh, that's the short answer. So money cannot buy you happiness, but money can buy you the things that makes it much easier to be happy. So kind of linking it back again to the question, Mm -hmm. it is kind of true when people say not to give money, but to give support. So to help other people out as much as, you know, if you see a friend who's having a bit of a a tough time, as much as money may may help them out, kind of addressing, you know, their other needs, to go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, is more important than money. Far more important. So... Yeah, you know what? Money can't necessarily buy you happiness, uh, but it can put you in a position to help others and you will get far more personal satisfaction uh, by helping others and you will be spreading more happiness and bringing ease to people's life by doing that. So there's so many questions that I want to ask you about happiness, happiness, happiness and how we can bring happiness to other people. But I feel like most of this episode we've talked about how we can bring happiness to people around us that we do know because, you know, to give them love and security and all that kind of stuff, it's it's obviously easier if we do know them as opposed to being a stranger. Mm-hmm. So if we want to bring happiness to everyone around us and make the people around us feel most at ease, how can we do that to strangers, total strangers? Okay, so this is an interesting one. Um, Harvard did a study in 2009 that found conclusively that happiness is contagious um, and not just through direct relationships, also through indirect relationships. So if, some, if you see somebody really happy, that should make you feel happier. Um, now... I suppose the the quick answer to this is that if you want to make strangers happier, smile at them. Yeah. Beam happiness out of yourself. Walk down the street with nothing but positivity oozing out of every pore of your body. And to do that, achieve all of the uh, all of the steps of the hierarchy of needs. Now, obviously, there's a whole host of mental conditions that can affect happiness very badly. Um, if you are suffering from any of them, please look up uh, resources in your local area. There's always someone to talk to. And it will only do good for you. So to kind of wrap up, I suppose, the biggest takeaway I'm kind of getting from from this episode is that to bring happiness and ease to the people around you, you really need to find your own happiness and make sure you yourself are at ease because if you're not happy, then you can't really make the people around you happy. Pretty much, yeah. So I suppose if you want to if you wanna spread the love, Love yourself. And once you love yourself, love will beam out of you and everyone will feel the love. And they, in turn, will love even more. I feel like uh, Marcus has just written the newest One Direction song. 
Love, 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 love direction. <laughs> Woo! That was a big one. Um, a slightly waffly episode, but you know what? I think we uh, we we got to the bottom. Or at least to the middle of how you can spread some happiness and bring ease to people's lives. Again, as we kind of touched upon in that episode, happiness is very much dependent on your mental state. And all the things that we just talked about are completely, completely dependent on what's going on in your head and what's going on in the heads of the people around you. So if you do think that someone around you is feeling down, maybe suffering in any way, then uh, in the show notes to this episode, we'll link a few resources that you can spread around to anybody who you may feel is not feeling the love or feeling the happiness and uh, may need some proper help. As ever, we love getting your questions, so do get in touch with us on Facebook. Just look up In The Shower With Taz and Marcus. On Twitter, at In The Shower Pod. Um, or you can get in touch with us via email. Taz. You can get us on email and send in your mythical, unanswerable questions to intheshowerpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, whether you love us, whether you hate us, or whether you have questions that you want answered. Please send them in. Please don't hate us. As ever, this podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. So thank you to Alan, Paddy, Laura, and everyone else in the office. We love you with all our hearts. Thanks, Flo Robinson, for our cover art. Our little cartoon faces in the shower bring us joy every single day. Now, we are very tired. As we said, we just got back from Berlin, so we're going to go. I have to go DJ a gig, but, you know, sleep is good. Um... Marcus is not reaching his Maslow hierarchy of needs. (laughs) No, I've I've fucked up level one. Um, Next week's question comes all the way from Apollo, Pennsylvania. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, this is officially our first American question, which is really, really, really cool. So thank you, Tess Penta, uh, for sending this into us. Your question is brilliant. And it's why do some animals stay with the same mate all of their lives and some do not? Um, Humans are not the only crazy animals to do it. And you ask, I also got to wondering what our society would be like today if we were not monogamous, but that might be a question for a different time. I think you're right, but let's just take a look. Why are some animals monogamous and some not? That episode, as always, is going to be out next Monday in time for your morning shower. And in the meantime, keep scrubbing. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 